0: Good evening, morning, afternoon, whatever applies to you, and welcome to another EuroLeague. I am your glorious host, as always, Rich. Uh, My co-host, as always, is the founder and CEO of The Night Agenda. In other words, a truly cursed man. It's Kira. And we're also joined by a man who shall, from now on in my books, be known as the originator of the Nice meme. Uh, which is obviously now being criminally misused by everyone, Misty Asker. Um, and yeah, for all you guys watching, you are probably guilty of it as well. Don't don't think I haven't seen it. It's not just G2. I've seen so many people just stealing this meme and completely butchering it already. So go back, research its origins like you would do with any sort of etymology of a word that you're not quite sure what it means. Go check it out. And uh, please, let's let's stop this before it gets out of control. Because you know what this reminds me of? Weirdly, even though it's not really connected at all, the word ratio, right? And the original, no one yeah. even knows what that means anymore. No one has a fucking clue. And you know what? I'm not, I'm not even going to bother to explain it. So, yeah, ratio these nuts. Anyway, before we get started here, I have a patented would you rather for you gentlemen and rather on this topic. So, my question for you is would you rather charge $350 for coaching? knowing that your main competitor is charging $100, who's just as good as you are. So obviously you're the coach in this scenario, or be the guy that's charging $100. Because for whatever reason, there's simply, you know, less demand for you, maybe it's just less known, you don't have the same platform. But knowing that you're just as good as the guy who's charging $350. So I'm starting with you, Kira, are you the guy who's charging $150? Would you rather be that guy knowing that your main competitor is charging $100? And he's every bit as good as you and the night agenda or would you rather be the guy who's you know well, gone hit me
1: 350 i'm choosing 350 it's how I, if people are paying it and it's how i evaluate my time Then it's nice yes.
0: it's a Nice fan get him everyone get him no, there, he's a niece there's fan
1: no, there's nothing wrong with what what niece is doing in terms of the like the price you can just you can criticize the the price in terms of like evaluation But that is how he evaluates his time and people pay him for that time I'm sure LS's would have to be in the thousands Now to make it The supply yep. to the demand ratio For it to be worth his time Because he could be doing something else So that would have to be like $2,000 To take an hour of his day To not be like deep streaming enough To like sit down on you So that's where the price And I'm not saying obviously niece's demand Maybe is that high But like it's that price People are paying it you will hold it at that price. I would, if I believe my service, which I am providing, it as a personalized service is worth that. Then I provide it at that service. What about you,
0: Yaska? Got a different angle yeah. on this, or are you? Uh...
1: Yeah, the the price was
2: always the silliest thing to sort of critique. Like in, I did several hours of research, and I found that he had never actually hit Challenger in an A. Like he hit Challenger once on Latin America North, getting duo boosted by a Riven player, and then had never actually hit Challenger, but claimed multiple. So like that would be a legitimate angle of critique is fake branding, like it's functionally fraud. Um, But like the price, like you should be totally justified in paying 350. I would actually charge uh, about 100 for a different reason is that uh, it makes you more impervious to sort of the ebbs and flows of business that you might be able to charge 350 for a certain amount of time. But if something happens, then uh, eventually, like 350 is going to be really not attractive for a lot of people. And then like, if some things happen to your brand where people call you out, like you're not going to get as many coachings. Uh, I looked at the scheduling that you can look at the public scheduling of Nice, uh, in the next week, he has like one coaching session booked and like nobody, he, he's not doing any coaching recently. So everything that's been sort of going on has been a negative effect to his brand. Whereas if you are somebody who does 100, that will be something that will, no matter what goes on with your brand or what's going on in general, like that's something more reliably, consistently do over time.
0: Yeah, no, I I agree completely. I mean, 350 a week is more than most people make per week anyway. So he's still doing fine, isn't he, by that justification. But to be honest, as someone who has done a lot of, uh sort of this kind of private coaching not in League of Legends heaven forbid you wouldn't want to see those sessions um but in another game uh yeah in COD uh i can tell you that for me like there is a little bit of sort of mental uh internal warfare i guess in the sense that like i had a starting price which was like relatively low like way lower than it was like $35 or something for an hour session and then such was the demand and the platform I was using basically let me put my price to whatever I wanted to set it at. So I increased it by a bit and then a bit more and a bit more until like the demand slowed down to a point where I was like comfortable doing the amount of work that it was. And then the company came to me and they said like, we want you to like double your rates that you're charging now, which were already way higher than what they originally started at. And to be honest, I felt like it's not worth it, like I feel bad charging that amount of money for the service that I'm providing, and by the way, we're nowhere near nice numbers here, it's so way less than three fifty We're talking like over a hundred dollars i but... love how
1: you just de- described a supply demand equilibrium graph from economics <laughs> it's like i can't yeah, yeah. the price until I got to the supply the demand got to a point that i was comfortable with. and then i stuck there and i was like every yeah. economist is just sitting there like he said the words
0: but the thing the thing is though it's like i also had what yaska said in mind which is okay it's all running great now but keep in mind this was first of all in the middle of the pandemic so this was like prime time and like like how you end up on a cod coaching website can only happen, in my opinion, if there's like a world pandemic and you're stuck indoors <laughs> for so long that you like, well, how the fuck did I get here? So it was like the perfect storm of factors. And as I said, I also have what Yaska had in my uh, said in my mind, which was like at some point this will slow down and the customer base is just gonna like go through the floor unless I have like a more reasonable price point. So yeah, I do kind of get it from that perspective. But you know, I guess in some people's ideal world, if you can charge a grand for a coaching session, then you only have to coach one fucking session a week, right? So maybe some people are happy with that. But uh, yeah. Anyway, moving swiftly on from Mr. Neese, because that's probably the most positive advertisement he's had all month. let's be real. Uh, Let's get on to League of Legends World Championships 2022 Wild Rift TM XD. Right. Now, before we talk about the quarterfinals and preview those games, I do want to, what's the word? Not pay homage, but maybe dissect why the teams that went out maybe did go out. Uh, And the team I want to start with is Top Esports, starting with the night agenda itself. So Kira, obviously everyone knows the narrative of bad first week, really good second week, but when it mattered, like they couldn't win, right? But what do you think like fundamentally is the reason... That top esports went out, and you're not allowed to say Jackie Love bug. Give me an actual reason why top esports. Jackie
1: Love didn't played out. considerably poorly in the first week lots of misposition and overaggression. Tian wasn't able to cultivate the early game advantages that top esports usually relies on. Uh, they pivoted somewhat in some of the key games in draft with Knight on the Azir picks but the agency of the pick itself meant in the early game you were very reliant solely on Tian to accrue early advantages when they don't realise you then have only got knight to fall back on bot lane was given up too large of advantages compared to what TES were trading them for, at times they were trading them for nothing, wayward dra- like a champion pool, it's just ineffective, It doesn't play a lot of the picks, the key picks that you would want to see so top esports like draft then became like an issue Um, and then on top of that, I just, I don't in general, I don't think they were their strengths were probably as prominent individually as a team against like the field, I probably accept Knight in general, do you like, think that the
0: t- the TES of week two could have like done something in the brackets? Do you think? Yeah, if they like made it up, no it one wants
1: been... to draw. No one wants to draw TES because they're the ultimate like, Jekyll and Hyde team. There's a reason like GDG they took GDG to five games, but it's the same reason why they lost in game five of all of those games, and with ridiculous gold leads, by the way. In the upper bracket one, I think it was eight thousand at one point, point, uh, and the finals it was many uh, other teams would have won from that position. Um, they did lose to a bug. It's unfortunate. It happened. It was a pretty bad bug. Like, you're talking, like... It's directly one...
2: relevant to the yeah. outcome of the game. Yeah. Like, there's, because... no, there's no leeway.
1: Yeah, because it's 1.2 thousand th- goals worth of, like, stats have just, like, done nothing. Then you've also just taken them onto your damage, and then you you literally... Jacula would have been not damaging Any other like target Apart from that target itself yeah. But at the end of the day There was a bunch of other games That TES played that they could have also won And those, and you know what I mean Like like the Rogue games And the DRX games in uh, week one And if they had won those games They wouldn't have been in that position And so you can also There's obviously not a bug in those games But you can look at like you know Werewolf's performances Jackie performances And those games yeah it's really like uh, lazy analysis. It's just hyper focus on that one.
0: yeah. I mean, before I get to to you, yaska I would just say on the bug thing, I mean, people already like know my uh, sort of overarching thoughts on it. But I do think this is like a rare case where context has oddly like completely warped everyone's opinions and reactions to this, which is it was, again, the perfect storm of they're literally hitting the nexus. So it's like It's so observable that if the bug doesn't happen that they win the game or like 99.999 whatever percent likely to win the game and that because it directly led to them not only losing the game but also dropping out of worlds that this makes it somehow more egregious and that Riot should have like publicly addressed it and all like where the fuck was the same energy for the Darius bug which less obviously but also could have just lost g2 the game right like that if he gets a reset on darius Alt who knows like maybe g2 would have gone on to win that game right and maybe that would have snowballed into g2 making out of groups so i understand why people are upset about bugs in general they shouldn't happen and it sucks and the fact that it affects the direct outcome of something like this to such an extent is obviously really bad but you have to be able to actually fully frame and be consistent with your points when it comes to this shit because the idea that like they should have replayed multiple matches or something and like you know moved fucking continents to make uh, up for this bug to me is just absurd if you're not having the same energy for other bugs which have also affected i mean even if they don't affect the outcomes in theory that shouldn't matter right in theory that is actually just results based analysis it just so happens that all the results were so instantaneous and obvious here and the dominoes were so clear and had such far-reaching repercussions that people are more angry which i get but again you know to quote our good friend ben shapiro you know facts over feelings guys just because it got us all upset doesn't mean that we should uh all in on on our feelings right um anyway yeah Yaska, what, what are your thoughts on on the tez situation as a whole
2: that's that that's kind of the ultimate thing is that league and the world championship is not a competitively rigorous tournament there's so many things that are uh outside of the circumstances of the actual game and then the format itself of six best of ones determines who gets out of groups like there's so many um variable factors like all of the players are getting sick, which is what's going to happen when you're, like, you're traveling to halfway across the world. There's all of this jet lag and stuff you got to deal with. You have to eat American food. Like, if I had never had American food and I had American food, like, I'd get deathly <laughs> ill, too. Um, so there's so much uh, about this that is going to be high variance that outcomes like this are just going to be expected, where there are going to be teams that probably should have gotten through. That just don't like in other formats. Uh, you, you could say that a team like top is going to be a little bit more high variance where they can be a team that in another universe would have won the world championship, but like six games, there's so much that can be done to where they can just land on the low tier flip of it where you have like Knight on Azir and just all of these sort of drafts don't make sense for the team, and um. Yeah, like there's so much here of random underperformances in a single game can determine the entire team. Because just when you have three teams and you play three games against them, like there's not enough room for some of these teams where if it was in a best of five, that like, all right, Azir on uh, Azir for night, not going to work out. So let's readjust for the rest of the series. And that is just not a uh, luxury that you have in best of ones. So certain teams that can be really, really good are just not going to succeed in the best of ones. And no teams actually practice for this environment given in Worlds of having to play against three teams in a single day. Like, there's just so much uh, variance that is allowed with that system. And so we just have to accept that the World Championship in this format is going to be that way to where it's not a serious... Like, we can't expect serious results.
0: Yeah, I mean kind of uh agree with that I think as well what I mean again I don't want to spend too much time talking about format but I mean even one best of three series I think would be better for competitive integrity just because in that microcosm even though it's only three games you would have like the opportunity for teams to adapt I mean this is something I mentioned to uh Thorin on um uh on big brains as well but to, to Kira's point that he's made before of like korean teams for example or asian teams in general or i think actually more talking about lpl teams i like won't respect certain western picks and stuff like this i think in a best of three series even though it's only a best of three not BO 5 you even have the opportunities to make those adjustments on the fly and i think series play is just in general better like even though it sounds kind of uh wispy i think playing a sitting down and playing a best of three rather than playing two best of ones a week apart i think there is more integrity yeah. in that in my opinion
1: the oh. best format is for any like MOBA. BO3s actually has a problem where uh, one team has a side-select advantage. That's because true. you can only... Right, so that's a known problem, by the way, right? But this was solved. At, by At TI, many years ago in Dota, two mega-groups where you split the seeds apart so they're equal. You know what I mean? China, one seed. Korea, one seed. And you just, like, you know, abstractly do that. So, like, glycol ratings are within, like... Or their ELO are within, like, 20 of each other. And you play BO2s. And that's it. And then tiebreakers are th- eh, tiebreakers are like Bo threes with upper bracket who how, who perform better against the higher bracket teams with side selection. This is this format has literally been solved and it produces regularly produces the best p- playoffs format in esports. Now, just to give you an idea, because I've like got it stats here, off this year, if you were to take all this year's like games, I think top esports, yeah, top esports played hundred and forty-five games before they came to Worlds this year right, through the LPL, something like that, right? So you're talking less than 6% these BL1s represent top esports as a team compared to the totality of, like, spring and summer in the LPL. But that ultimately defines them as, like, a team. And you would now define this year for top as a categorical failure. Two LPL finals, back-to-back, and a world's elimination in groups. Um, But if you look at the volume of play that they played top esports is maybe like across the aggregate one, the second best team, third best, fourth best team of the year came second in two LPL finals, but they are now being categorically eliminated from world championship. And apart from yeah. play
0: like last place. So a point that people don't often bring up as well in relation to the gap between the West and the East is that the West literally plays way less league of legends than the East, right? On a competitive level, like, way fewer games and you would expect in most walks of life. If you do something way less than somebody else, that person's going to probably be better at it than you. Um By the way, I just want to clarify in case the joke went over. Anyone said I don't actually like Ben Shapiro. I just know that'll get clipped and uh, post out of context. So I just wanted to clear that one up very quickly. Anyway, uh moving on to uh Fnatic. So Fnatic obviously had a somewhat promising week one, I guess, and then obviously didn't look too good in week two, did it? So Yaska, give me the sort of the main reason or reasons why you think Fnatic was not a team that could or should, you know, have made it out of groups. What, what, what were they missing or what were they just simply not good enough at?
2: So this team has always been sort of categorized by, they should be so much better than they're actually playing the server. And they had a decent week one with a win over T1 where like humanoid was playing a lot better, and uh, overall, the team was just doing much better. But like their return to form of their sort of expected level uh, or a little bit different. but ultimately, with the idea that these uh, this this team isn't a team that has there's something wrong with what is gelling with the team and the week two sort of blunder is just a return to their regular self, as opposed to them having that little like spike above, where is something that we should expect them to be at. So, with the expectations that we had of this team being a team that should be able to potentially get to a semis of worlds, like at the start of the year, you look at this roster, you're like, that is the best EU roster that probably exists. Uh, so, they're like it's just it's just a basic return to form and it's it's a fitting way to end this roster so that they actually would have to like change serious things about them uh because if they made it out of groups then everybody might be just like all right let's run it back yeah. whereas if your roster has this long together like there's no there is no extenuating circumstances that on the outside makes this team uh Like, there's no cloud nine situation where they have to, like, sort of pull apart or pull together a roster at the last second or anything like that. So if this roster isn't gelling after a year, they're not going to gel after. So it's good that they ended as their season was the entire time so that they have to something.
0: So you'd say it's kind of like, you know, the solo queue player who's, uh, you know, the diamond player, let's say you get stuck in gold after 100 games, but now these guys have played 2000 games. This is their true elo. You feel satisfied that this, you know, the stone's been squeezed and this is what Fnatic really is.
2: Yep absolutely
0: fair enough what what about you kira what what do you think is the main reason um and let, yeah obviously we can jump on hillisang or whatever would, would you say that's like the main reason just support why fanatic wasn't good what what angle would you go with uh
1: it's not like single factor variable like hillisang was just bad he's been a bad player since spring playoffs he's just bad right okay so he's like a pin that and just keep that as a consistent factor he's always bad. He Contributed massively to them losing against EDG. The That last team fight that they had was borderline one if, like, some people just play, like, slightly better. Um, just a bit of miscoordination, missed, missed time, better team fight execution from EDG, but it was very, very close. Um, going into, like, the next week, the meme just ban Azir against Humanoid kind of worked out, where, like, Humanoid executed basically every single laning, like, strategy out. Like very very well, he like dominated almost every single person in lane. Uh, the Akali game was unfortunate where he like fucked up loads of the team fights, um, like post in the game, and so it was like a leverage and his ability to carry was like ruined. Razork had like one weird game out of the six where he just ran it down with Hella, but in the other games he was like fine. So Wonder was Wonder all year. Uh... It was kind of weird. It was very, 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 very strange. I, I actually agree with you, so, Yusuke. Okay, this was basically just about their, like, level. They, they got a bunch of free wins off of, like, Humanoid just going, like, god mode in the first little week. And they could have been 3-0 in the first, like, week. if things had have been a little bit closer. But the way they lost that ADG team fight was literally just a microcosm of how they were going to lose every other game, like, after it. Um, yeah, like... There's not a lot of, like, the only sad thing about this tournament is, and just because of the low volume of games, is it was really fun watching Humanoid lane well at this tournament. And mm-hmm. um, he, he lane really, really well. It was really fun watching him execute all those uh, aggressive Azir strats where he refused to build the crown on Azir. He would literally just go full damage on Azir every single game. Three items. He'd build the three most damaging items in the game, and he would just try and hard carry. It was really fun. It was a really infectious play style. That would probably be my takeaway. Um, I feel sorry for like upset. Um, I feel like he was pretty good in the in the first week and then in the second week he had a bit of a struggle, a bit of a wobble but he has the worst player in his lane with him who is categorically running it down but some of the stuff in the second week like wasn't hella. Like he was blowing his own summoner economy wasn't executing as, as much damage like like some mechanical misplays and slip, slip-ups as well but you know, I mean, in general, I wouldn't look at up like point finger at upset and be like, you know, what I mean, that was a categorical bot lane, very ADC like failure of the team. I think there was just loads of systemic problems with Fnatic yeah. that all just came to a head, and they were like basically just lucky to be in the position where they could have maybe reached up and got out of grips.
0: Yeah, although I would just I- counter that last point slightly by saying you could argue that they were one bad level one away from. Having a very good chance of getting out of groups, right? If they hadn't done that contest at Red Buff. But
1: well, the knows? ADG game. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but that's what that, that's what I'm saying. But the, the team fight, the very ending team fight as well, they were they could have won that as well. Yeah, yeah. Like the, the, that team fight was well and like was actually won. Like and from all like retrospect, they would have won that and just could have from that position, like won the game. But that that was a microcosm of fanatic. All those like decisions in that game and just watching it fall to pieces. Yeah. And Hilarious fashion.
0: Yeah. Sorry, Yaska, you look like you're going to say something.
2: Oh yeah. So upset and humanoid stocks are probably pretty high right now. uh, Just from how humanoid ended the year. Like um, if he never actually had a return to form of like showing that he has potential to be really great as a player, like he would probably have a pretty bad time in the off season relative to where it is now and upset even though he didn't play like perfectly in week two, the fact that he was able to do what he did with Hilleset, like 2022 Hilleseng, like should really, really increase the stock. And you give him a support, like hypothetically, you put upset on Rogue and you have upset Trimby, like that would be an amazing roster or upset
0: LeBrov, because uh Lebrov would be pretty good i agree that would be the best yep. i think po- humanly possible probably the best you could make in the world yeah, i would say yeah so yeah no i'm I'm all in on that let's make it happen whoever has the most money anyway moving on to the last thing we're going to talk about who didn't make it which is of course nice so we way into g2 uh some believe a potential destination for uh for mr upset now that the rumors and i should double down and say they are rumors that flacked is maybe off g2 who could have guessed that at the start of the year certainly not me uh so yeah kira what do you think of g2 like why were they just not good enough to make it out of groups because they unlike rogue and fanatic it never really looked like oh my god if this just happened or oh if they are oh, so close like they they seemed well off what do you, what do you make of g2 so
1: um Broken Blade is now EU's blipple, where he is the carry top lane person who is like the gatekeeper to like the elite Asian like carry top lane players. As in, like he cannot beat them himself. He won't like like doesn't have the ability to like reach out and like beat them and like dominate them themselves when he's like being played through and like draft through. But he like gatekeeps like ev- all the other like Western like top lane carry players, and he's like better than like all of them. But you cannot win through top lane at like Worlds and and particularly against these like teams with broken blade. Um, against other teams, it might have been possible, but again, unfortunately, with BB and how they want to play the game, um, would you call it a, like it's just not possible? Secondly, I remember I seen it on Cato stream where he was talking about like the 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 bot lane, like this you have the the extremes, the Seraphine bot lane at like one end and like the Caitlyn bot lane at the other. And he thinks the middle ground is like the best. Like the you know what I mean, like the Sever like bot lane where you don't have to explicitly play through them, that is like a good backup plan. I'm actually completely like against I'm one hundred percent I think the seraphine, like Senna like variant of that bot lane is by far like the best version. And I think anything like moving from that was just like doomed borderline like all, all, all lose at times. I think Caps had a quite a rough tournament in general. I don't think that's probably one of the worst general performances I've seen from like Caps. Uh it's kinda like unfortunate to see. Um I thought he'd be like a lot better at this tournament. He just wasn't. I don't know. Hands deaf he just like wasn't as refined. The decision making wasn't as good. Like I think the general things about Caps they're good qualities like weren't there and I think G2 systemically always struggle with like carry jungle picks like Yankos was once a carry jungler but he wasn't like a carry jungler as in like he was playing like you know like Hecrim's Karthus's, he was like a carry jungler in terms of like early game advantages on like Ola- Olaf's, uh, Lee Sens, like these types of things like you know the old first blood king meme so when you go to like farming carry junglers I feel like G two had like a real hard time like transitioning like that style. Uh, individually, he was probably maybe the best like performer, but I don't know. I think they got like a vet, they got like a pretty hard group for like their team. Uh, I think overall, on average, I think the team what underperformed by quite a bit.
0: Hmm. Uh, yeah, Yaska, what do what do you think?
1: Yeah, I think that
2: G two is a good example of a, a condemnation of G2, actually that. Um, JDG is looked at to be a super like hyped team that is probably still one of the top favorites to win in a lot of people's eyes, but like uh, especially with the games that they played against uh, the game that they played against G two G two put it like was in a great position to beat them, but they were just massively underperforming. Like Cap's had is probably worst national tournament of his career, yeah. and plockid is just does not belong here. Like, he he does not belong. He has so much gold, he had an insurmountable lead, and then just never auto-attacked in a fight. Like, what are you, you going to do with that? Uh, so, G2, even with all of these potential mistakes, they still got themselves into positions where they could win. And I, I would say this is the same for both G2 and Fnatic, that the reason that they weren't able to get over that bar is from underperformances from them like these uh a G2 team and the Fnatic team should have had the potential to get something done here and it's it's really just kind of unluck from uh for the Asian team that G2 performed so poorly like if they have a better 80 carry uh one of the 20 80 carries maybe 25 80 carries that is better than blocked like they they might do a lot better and if caps, had a better performance which that might be related to his bot lane just being a never ending vacuum of just dying all the time level 1 like it, it's really egregious how in matchups where you shouldn't be dying the g2 bot lane was dying
1: yeah argamas had his yeah, worst yeah, game ever say, yeah well that, that's mentioning. what i i, I do not th- that is probably one of the biggest like drop offs from like yeah. the upper bracket the upper bracket game versus rogue to finals to worlds target mass has just had like a little streak not a little one you know they're important like, yeah. things finals and worlds but he's had a little streak of just pure, like really pure play yeah yep.
0: no that's very very true right. it's easy obviously also but... to... yeah sorry go on
2: also also to be fair like when you're playing with black Ed, it's you know it, it can the the suck can sort of go <laughs> through osmosis to like shout and everybody else
0: that is very true, but I would say while it is easy to rag on Mr. Flax because let's face it, as Yasko I think put it best and most fairest, he just does not belong on that level. Um, I do also think that Targamas didn't help. I think that usually he can either you know leave lane and affects the map in a really positive way if they're not in like a winning matchup or if they're in a matchup where Flax able to sort of stay safe bot side, or you know he is meant to be. The better player in the 2v2 but i think he just misperformed on on all levels there so yeah right now moving on of course to the teams that are actually still alive and not doomed to the ether uh let's start with the first matchup chronologically which is jdg versus our our brave boys from rogue um yeah kira what chance do you give rogue and i guess what what's what's their what's their win condition? How does Rogue win well, this series?
1: So like okay, the way the way to be ADG is you have like a couple of options. You can like pinch your gal and force him on to like like picks, worse like picks, and try and win like through like mid. And I feel like Larson is probably good enough to do that, and you have like a ganking attacking like jungler. The problem is is when you like do that style, and if you don't like win hard enough the farm advantage that you will accrue on GDG through, like, Kanavi. You know what I mean? It gets, like, higher and higher and higher and you can end up, like, being behind because you play for the early lead. But getting early leads against GDG is possible. TES quite consistently got early leads against GDG and then would lose the game through, like, poor teamfight execution. GDG, ultimate superpower, as they are amazing at teamwork and playing against- playing off of each other and Playing for each other and covering for each other, and like team fighting, they are, I think, by far the best at this in the world. That they are the how good they are as five people at team fighting, they might be one of the best team fighting teams ever. We're talking like night, like against top esports who are like not like jokes themselves in finals, they were winning like 9,000, 8,000 gold lead, like deficit fights, uh, by like uh, surrounding people, catching people out of position. Is Rogue going to be able to be disciplined enough if they do get the early leads to not give Just them wait. back? I'm not sure. Sometimes I look at Rogue and I think, yeah, they are really coherent and that does look really good. And there's other times Malrang's going in and Larson and Comp are walking back. Or like, there's a good example where Odo was on Malkai and at the Dragon Pip and he's going in and other Rogue players are on the other side of the wall and it feels like Odo's calling to go in and they're calling to go out and they look very disjointed. If you do that against GDG, you'll just start dropping games. One, two, three, and it's a 3-0. You know what I mean? Like when they get their jaws around you, it's like they're gonna like bite you off. But I actually think Rogue has blames to get to and get early advantages through maorang that they can beat GDG. How often I think that would happen, I don't think it would happen enough to beat them. I I think the series will be like close like 3-1 Rogue um, 3-2 Rogue Like maybe But I could also see versions of the game Where like GDG just blow them out You know what I mean They just like 3-0 them Because Rogue just like make those mistakes Can I, I? I've actually really not decided Where I want to go on this Obviously I want Rogue to do well They're one of my favourite like teams And I, I'm hopeful that they like win But if I was to like guess I would probably still favour uh, GDG Like a fair amount to slightly It's also really like draft dependent With like those teams Yeah you know, I mean, depends on like what people come in and how they evaluate stuff. If I start seeing three six nine on like loads of like fioras and stuff, I'm, I'm more inclined not to praise Rogue. You know. Yeah.
0: What What do you think, Yasko? How How do you see? If I told you you wake up, you know, at the weekend and Rogues won, wh- why would they have won? What angles can you can you see for this to be a close series?
2: So I actually think relative to the expectations of this being, like, the top team to beat at Worlds. I-, I think that this is actually a really good matchup for Rogue, and even though they are the underdogs, I can totally see a world in which they win. Uh, with what Kyria was saying about, like, the the way the team is kind of playing disjointed, the last time we saw them in a best of fives, uh, in the finals, was probably the most coordinated, like, one of the top coordinated teams I've ever seen out of the West. Like, every time that Mal'Rong would go in, like, and... Every other team would just let Malrang die and they just all committed to, all right, we're going to save Malrang and like all commit on everything that he does. And I don't look at Rogue's week two as a true display of how they were playing because like they had already effectively made it out. And I don't think in a serious game where everything is on the line that they're going to pick Nasus in the worst spot for nasa yeah like nasa 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 support in general is basically morgana support that it's a useful pick as a single use. like there's single situations in which it can be good just like morgana is but otherwise they're completely useless like morgana support is one of the worst things right now unless it's very uh in a good specific situation
0: although i would have said morgana would have been better than NASA in that (laughs) particular situation personally
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. In that situation, yeah. Yeah. Um, So, JDG, like, if if Rogue got the lead that J2 did in their last game, like, Rogue would probably win that. And everybody has been looking at 369 rolling nines all tournament. Like, (laughs) just because he's rolled nines all tournament doesn't mean that that is going to be a trend that continues.
1: He's rolled and... them all year though, bro. He's been rolling a lot of nines. I've been waiting for those threes yeah. and sexies. Just, I, I'm wanting them to show up, bro. I'm like, where the yeah, fuck they? Then I'm there somewhere.
2: <laughs> but it's like, if anybody will be able to not completely run it down against 369 as a Western top laner, it would be Odoamne, And like, Malrang just gives so much sort of like chaos of a, a style that uh, the way that Malrang plays is a way that allows him and his team that play around him well to punch way above their weight. Uh, Like, I I think there's so much potential there for them to win. It's not likely, but also, I think that Larson can actually have a really good matchup into Yagao and actually can just straight up outperform him. Um, Like, especially in terms of, like, draft, there's just so much more that Larson can do. Um, And that's kind of been a critique that a lot of people have of Yagao, is champion pool um and the kind of leads that their rookie bot lane was getting against like g2 as an example are leads that Mm. i don't expect to happen with comp and trimby and trimby also just has so many potential picks to pull out that um are things that are best suited for a best of five environment yeah because like they 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 had a situation to where um like, one thing is just showing that they're willing to play the Nasa support makes uh, JDG be really skeptical of playing Callista. And then if you try to ban out the NASA's, like, you are then in a situation to where you're giving free draft bans to kind of a throwaway pick. And yeah. there, there's so many angles in which Rogue can have this opportunity to win. And it, it, it's something that is very realistic to happen. Like, uh, I saw, like, Team Liquid versus IG, I, I saw that and I was just blown away. I was surprised. Like there was no level in which I would think that would ever happen. Whereas this is something to where if I if I see that, oh hey, Rogue just beat JDG, it's like, okay, yeah, like that's not a super unlikely outcome. Yeah. And like best of fives in a world stage are a lot different than they are in China and LPL. Uh like you always see that these sort of domestic versus international meta. Uh, that sort of happens is always a lot different for lpl teams and like the way that games go and the way that games play um so there's so many angles in which rogue can get a win
0: yeah no i think i think the it was a really understated point of the nasa's pick that obviously it was a complete disaster but the fact that you've shown willingness to play it on stage does matter the fact that Trimby has a fucking champion pool the size of the pacific ocean does matter right and you have to now be scared of like picking these particular things i also would add to to the point you guys made about um 369 obviously as you said boy's been rolling nines all fucking day long but the best western player ever at losing lane gracefully ie still being relevant no matter what happens in the lane is otto the only series i can ever remember where it's like oh my god otto's been put in the dust was 2016 semi-finals against samsung white when it was so much about the jace pick like if people don't remember jace was like so s plus 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 tier and Kuvey got it i think two out of the three games maybe even all three games and it was just like when there's a really op pick in lane and it's ranged have fun like you're just fucked so yeah, yeah i think that's
1: some... oh, sorry oh no no go on there's actually an interesting thing for Rogue here. That they don't share a lot of champion pool with GDG. And so they are not self-banning to get GDG off of primary picks. Um, for example, like, Trimby and Missing don't really share champion pool. ADCs all play the same champions relatively. But, like, Comp is, like, big enough where he doesn't have champion pool issues. He's, like, effective on the Caitlyn and stuff like that. It, ha- it still has to be, like, respect ban. He's good on the Callista, you know what I mean? i has got the prior ban on that. Uh, Malrang and uh, Kanavi don't share a lot of, like, jungle champion pool. Um, Like, they obviously have some, but they're, like, the stratospheres are, like, completely different. And then, uh, thingy, Larson's champion pool is a lot, like, bigger than Yagao's. And just in general, where, like, the picks he can go to, yeah, he likes, like, certain comfort. But the comfort is, like, matchups he shares with, like, Yagao. And there are, like, trade picks where, like, it's not, like, you're giving up, like, w- uh, one, like, pick and then Mal- uh, Larson's so much worse than another one. It'll be, like, you know I mean, like, Azir to, like, Victor or, like, to Ori, which are, like, matchups that Larson has played out, like, a thousand times. You know I mean? These are like, some of his, like, most famous, like, matchups. Like, they've got a heavy priority on, like, Silas. How many times has Larson played into, like, Silas with all these different, like, control mages? And I don't think your gal Silas is as good as some of the Silas's in the world that... Larson has played against, and then the only concern I have, and it's as one, is I'm actually kind of with LS that Fiora is like an SS like plus tier pitch. Oh yeah, for sure. What you were talking about there with like Jace with Fiora, if teams know how to use Fiora, I genuinely think like you the way, way you lose the game are something so ridiculous that like the uh, anything would have like lost their composition. Fiora is so unbelievably broken and if Rogue are going to have to ban it the full series against GDG because like Odo like hasn't shown priority to it, play it and 369 I, I think now has yeah he has uh, that's really scary to me and that's like the one thing you know because even though Odo has got the Maokai it's percentage true damage as health you know I mean can you sustain it how often are you going to be able to just sit in a side lane and get and lane against it if Odo's like part of your primary engage package like there's a lot, like there's a lot to like be said there about how like that might affect Rogue playing the game.
0: Yeah, I think uh, one uh, good point that Jensen uh, Go made was also that Rogue had been doing this thing where they're actually banning Aatrox on blue side as well, which is interesting. So yeah, I think they I think they will have to ditch that as a thing in this series because it does so. Uh, start the pushing the dominoes. Yeah. yeah it starts pushing the dominoes in in such a way where it just completely changes the dynamic of draft so i'd be very surprised if they keep that up for this series but yeah we'll we'll see okay moving on to t1 versus rng um i think it's fair to say that t1 is a team that again it's fucking best of ones isn't it but if you were if you were going to like give a take it would be t1 maybe he looks slightly better than we thought and rng maybe looks a little bit worse than some people had hoped perhaps maybe that would be be the take but depending on how strong you thought these two teams were before maybe that now means they're even um so uh yes i'll start with you like do you feel there's an obvious favorite in this matchup uh like who who do you actually have winning this one
2: so if we look at the way the general
0: meta has gone like uh look at
2: gen g um uh, they were looking at the best team sort of coming in but when there's a meta where carry jungles are potential, um, you are going to get into a situation where Peanut isn't really going to uh, be as good. And to sort of look at that with T1, they have... Uh, this is a meta where carry top laners and playing through top is so much more uh, valuable. And also, in the previous meta, everything was revolving around eighty, carry. Like, your eighty carry would be the hyper carry who would do everything. And uh, Guma Yushint... Is not somebody who can uh, deal with.
0: I've not heard uh, that one before, by the way. i no, actually not heard no, that one yeah, I like That's that. not bad. That's, yeah, that's not pretty bad. good.
2: Yeah, Gumarushin isn't somebody that you can reliably play through uh, as the sort of primary carry, and I like. I'm not going to win a tournament off of the clutch plays from him. So I would do that for Zeus. Like Zeus is somebody who I could really rely on to carry, and it's just the question of. Are they going to put their best player on their team on like Maokai or on all of these random tanks where they could just easily, uh, like, they could be the tournament favorites right now if they just play through Zeus? Because, like, even if you look at 369, like, I'd probably edge that towards Zeus. And with um, RNG, I think that that would still be favored. Do. I, I think that RNG would still be favored. Ooh. Um, I think that T1 would be favored in the RNG matchup, uh, strictly because of styles and the way that the meta has been shaping up. Like, I, I think Zeus is just going to trash all over Bin.
0: Yeah. Quick point of order on that, by breathe. the way, is that, um, yeah, is that, uh, yes. he has played, Mr. Zeus has played six different champions top lane so far. He is
1: the categorically best top lane player in the world. 369, what he does, yeah, what 369 does for his team, you can argue as, like, a facilitator of, like, GDG's, like, style, as, like, you know what I mean, you may say he's, like, the best player because of, he facilitates like the best player, but if you were to, like, pull them, you know what I mean, out of their teams, just, like, as players, 368, uh, Zeus is the best top laner, and arguably and probably has been, like, all year he's yep. an unbelievably talented player
0: and he's playing also like to to your point yes as well he hasn't actually yet played the maokai yeah he has played six unique champions he's played gangplank jace Yone, atrox Jax, and fiora so that is kind of a frightening prospect uh for draft i think looking yeah, at yeah that's,
2: that's so much and it's also just so much carry that like you really have to focus on shutting that down, because it's not like with a... uh Like if a G2 had a, a good top laner with a carry that you can play through, you could easily just smash bot lane. Whereas I don't think the difference between the RNG and T1 bot lane is enough to where you can just straight up smash, especially when you're not trying to play through bot lane. So I, I think the meta has just rolled in a place where it's so much more favorable for T1 uh, that they like the level up that they had from summer to now is just kind of purely meta dependent and they just have everything that landed on heads for them
0: which is great. Yeah, what what do you think here how do you how do you read this matchup?
1: Who has one of my favorite players uh, Brief has unfortunate uh, condition of having to play against uh, Zeus. Um basically Brief would be better than any other top laner apart from this one. Uh and RNG are going to send Breathe into the skill matchups. And he's probably not going to win them. He will probably not win any of them at all, actually. He's probably like 60-40 favoured in all of them. Unless he's got some hidden-the-pocket picks that you can like win on. Or they just, you know, they stick him on GP duty and they, they hope to God they hits crit battles. Because Breathe is an very, very, is a very, 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 like, strange, like, um player. And it kind of comes all the way from, like, um his, like, we days. Where he, like, doesn't really care, like, how, like, narrow, or, like, how narrow he, like, makes the team. Be- or, like, it doesn't really matter sometimes how narrow he makes the team. Because, like, his narrowness is how RNG already want to play the game. Um, and I'm not sure, basically, how RNG, like, win. Outside of they, they just split push and on one through one and play the map better than T one and they like collapse into like pockets, vision pockets that T one doesn't have and they like pick people off with like Ming engages or if <coughs> RNG are going to attempt to like win through bottom and send them like Xiao to like bot lane and just roaming there all the time. In almost every scenario, I do not favor like RNG. Under, however, when you talk about the meta, RNG is still strong in this meta. The problem is, is their strengths also like align with like T1? As in, like as a carry top meta, Zeus is good as a carry top. If Bre if Zeus has, sorry, Bree is it as are good as a carry top? If Zeus has like a bad series, you know what I mean. Bree will be able to capitalize on that, and you know I mean, and punish him on that. He's not someone that's not, you know, I mean. He's so bad where that can't like happen. The other um, thing you have to keep into context is we are talking about like Guma and is. Gala and <laughs> Gala and Guma can sometimes just randomly throw entire games just by being caught and like doing like silly flashes. The series could literally come down to who's ADC just like mispositions most oftenly. The problem is is the other thing of analysis I like to talk about is so Way I, I don't think Way's a good jungler at all. I think way's actually like quite a quite a bad like jungler. And I feel like Way's way more reliant on his like team like and like um getting him and like involved in the game and enabling him than owner is. I think the owner has a lot better like personal like agency. So that's like another thing that's like not. It's got me like a bit like you know what I mean. I m- not wanting to favor RNG. The only thing RNG has is an if m- engage is ever meta, men can win any game. And engage reports are meta. They have a puncher's chance of winning the game, but I would quite heavily favor T one. Uh, in this breakdown. Mm. And, and the mid lane is a classic. That's actually a matchup I'm really looking forward to. We get Zhao, old man Zhao Hu and old man Faker uh, duking it out once again, um, you know, to decide who is better, the king of China or the king of Korea, you know? I mean, I
0: think you have to, like, if I'm RNG, I basically have to test as Wei, uh who is the better babysitter. Is it Carrier for uh, Gimayushint, or is it Ming for Gala, right? And you just play to bot side and you just hope that Gimayushi is just inting more than Gala and just prioritize that. I think that their win condition for me has to. Because I mean, the way Fake has been playing as well, it's like I think people are kind of somewhat overrating his performance a little bit. I actually think that he's looked off in a couple of his games. He hasn't looked particularly strong in lane. He's got caught out in Fog of War, like in early Romes. Um, I think he's been... Fu- but don't get me wrong, I, I'm I'm sort of talking him down versus where I think people have put him uh, so far at Worlds. I I, I just think that his play style these days is also not something that's like super reliably exploitable in the best of five the same way that going bot repeatedly will be. So if I'm RNG, uh, and I don't think you need, to your point, Kira, I, I, I agree. I think Waze actually just does not look very good, just full stop. But I think ganking bot is the most reliable way for a bad jungler to impact his lanes um and if ming's having a good game i'm, I'm just going to put my put my bets on in that again that gumuyoshi's just he's just not it is he so i think they can as as... certainly win a ball if he gets if they get tempo like if if, if uh xiao who can get the push in uh xiao who can get the push in mid i think way can just repeat gang bot depending on mid match who's
1: got who's got the temple there rich who's got it
0: what did I say? Did yeah, I misspeak? J-
1: no, no. Yahoo J- no, no, J- no, no, J- no, J- got the temple, and he's giving it to his bot lane. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's picking it up Minger as a galle. Which one's he giving it to? I mean, he's he giving it, <laughs> the temple to.
0: That, it doesn't matter. All right, get the push. <laughs> get, the, get the push. Get the push in mid. Go bot with uh way. It's fine. That's it. That's a wink and d- uh, mate. I should charge three hundred and fifty for that little <laughs> two minute breakdown. <laughs> that
1: was <well done. laughs> nugget.
0: Yeah, that was that was fucking. Put it up. Put the meme on. Give me the caption. That was gold. <laughs> right. Moving on to our next matchup. we by the way, I didn't get a prediction from you guys. That would be uh, hasty of me. So, Kira, give me a score prediction for T1 RNG. What do you
1: think this one? Three one. <laughs> I just think of my pick when I've chosen RNG, just because I like the players, but I'm 3-1 SKT, maybe
0: 3-2. What about you, Yasuke? Yeah, I'd also go 3-1,
2: leaning more towards the 3-0 than the 3-2. Okay. Uh, but still a 3-1. Still okay.
0: a 3-1. Right, so then we have uh, Genji versus Damwon, which... Dan 1 is like the team I would say has like divided the most opinion online, I think, of the Asian teams. I think that's fair to say. Like, some people have them as like Dark Horse to win it all. Some people are like, damn one, they're fucking shit. Uh, So, <laughs> I mean, where do you guys land on this? Uh, Yasuka, what, what do you think of this matchup? Like, again, Genji, obviously, they were probably the most commonly put favorite of the tournament, along with JDG. Yep. Those were certainly the two that most people were putting up like how, how do you see this matchup do you think genji are heavy favorites or do you think dan one has a real shot here
2: so uh like with the with the meta of how t1 got a lot better with the meta genji got a lot worse with because you you had a ruler who is just super good at carry and you don't have that as a 100 always be able to play through you have uh a meta where you can play carry junglers and peanut is not that right now he ha- he was really great as a facilitator, like a poppy, earlier. Um, but that's not necessarily going to be something that they can reliably go through now. And now he's playing against Canyon, who's, like, best carry jungler in the world right now. Uh, so that is going to be a large favor towards Damwon, is that it's Canyon versus the world. And also, you have carry tops. Uh, like, Nuguri hasn't been looking the best, but you still have Doran on the other side, where he was great as his role in the previous meta, whereas I'm not sure that he's actually going to be um, as good. Like, if Nuguri pops off, like, I can easily see that being very skewed just from the top side matchup. And uh, uh, Dumb1 with their games against JDG, like, it was really close. Like, it could have gone either way, where uh, even though Dumb1 was second in their group, like, they were really close to JDG. So I don't think that Damwon is as much of an underdog now, especially with how much the meta shift has favored them in this matchup.
0: Fair enough. What a, What about you, Kira? What uh What do you think of uh, Genji? Are they heavy favorites for you?
1: Yeah, I think they're really heavy favorites. But uh, if I actually think Yusuke's like characterization is like pretty accurate. We're like Damwon get a lot better because of the meta, and then like Genji have to kind of somewhat take like a step back. The only caveat I would like give to that is basically loads of the key picks for like Chove are all very, very, very good right now. I still mm. probably consider Chove the best player in the world. And I think when you have the best player in the world, and a stable team, unlike what Knight has on TES, um, Genji are very, very stable. Uh, I feel like Genji almost always give, even the games are behind, they fall behind, they always give Chove and Ruler the best chance to carry the game. And because they are arguably the best backline, one of the best backlines ever in League of Legends history. Um, if you just look at their effective like stats their hero pools, if you give them the chance to like win, their me- their me- their mechanics will prevail. You know, like Chovy will click, and uh, more people <laughs> will click better than other people. He will hit more targets. He will out DPS your backline. Um, Even from like gold deficits, Ruler is the same. He's one of the most like refined, talented. He's only rivals by one other ADC at this tournament in terms of like what he can do. Um, I still really heavily favor uh, a Genji. However, Damwon are so much more flexible in terms of what they can do in like drafting things. I feel where like Genji have like. Uh, where they w- want to win and they have like a certain themed te- team comps around how they like want to win whereas Damwon can win like three like have like three can impossible have three different like ways that they can like maybe win the game. Like Dan One can play through bot, they can play through top, they can play showmaker through Canyon, they can have Canyon being on farming jungles and go for a late game. You know what I mean? Like there are lots and lots of avenues. If I ever i like if I ever see like Gen G like Gen G playing like the top out like you know what I mean I think those games are like borderline doomed. I'm like, oh dear. But if I see it from Dan One, I'm I, I do not think that instantly I, yeah I agree with you. Okay, Naguri's not been as good, um, but yeah, I mean he's still like quite a good player. Um, He's still quite like an effective player. Uh, But I'm still very much favouring Genji.
0: Let me put you on the spot, Kira. If you had, if you were a GM, if you had a team starting tomorrow, right? I guess we have to say you're based in the Asian region. Are you starting with Chovy as your mid laner, or is it your boy Knight?
1: But well, it's the Asian region, and uh, yeah. the you, region. you're
0: building a team from scratch. Are you building around Knight, your boy Knight, or do you think Chovy is uh, uh,
1: probably Knight? But there's not a lot in it. It depends on what the other like players would like that would be available. Uh, I was saying, like in general, probably Knight fits more uh, styles. But you really, you really are picking hairs. Um, yeah.
0: Fair enough. So yeah, for me, what's interesting about this matchup is I actually think. The top side is pretty close. I think if this game was decided in theory by top side, that actually Dan one has a great chance. The problem is bot side is there's a bit of a diffy there. Let's let's be real. And uh, I don't know how over five games you reconcile that gap between uh, Diok Dam and uh, Kellen and and the Genji bot lane. Like I I just don't I just don't see it because for people who have short memories, like Showmaker. I think, and and keep in mind, Showmaker and Chovy, you know, these guys have played against each other, laned against each other countless times. I think Showmaker usually comes out of it pretty well. I think that is a wash in terms of the laning. Um, I think arguably Showmaker's actually a better laner than Chovy. Um, I know people wouldn't... Yeah, I know people wouldn't agree about that. I (laughs) I I think it's kind of like... I'm going to make a slightly odd comparison, okay? I think it's kind of like, and this only applies to specific champions. I think Showmaker is more of a humanoid and I think Chovy is more of a Larson, okay? Yeah. yeah. And I, okay. I, I, when in doubt or when it's like sufficiently close, I usually go for the guy who is slightly more efficient of the aggressive style than slightly more efficient at the controlling style. So that's the distinction I'm making. I'm not saying Showmaker's a better player. I don't think he's a better player right now, but I do think still think he's a very good player. And I think he lanes perfectly fine into Chovy. And I think that matchup as a laning matchup is a wash. I think Owner is looking uh, sorry uh, owner I think uh, canyon sorry is looking really fucking good especially as yaska said on on the carry picks and there were loads of question marks about naguri going into this world right it's like there's this weird situation with uh their sub top laner and maybe naguri wouldn't even be playing and like it, it was it was a strange situation to put it that way especially considering what naguri has has done historically right but i think he's been good i think their top side looks really legit I just can't trust the bot side enough to think that it's going to be, even to be honest, like a super close series. I, I guess I give Genji like quite the heavy edge because their bot lane is just so dominant by comparison. So, yeah, I, I do believe that is probably the way that one's going to go. Right. On to our final series, which of course is going to be DRX EDG. I think you want uh... the scores
1: for this one. The, the scores oh, yeah. For this some, right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, yep. What did, uh, I mean, you both think heavily think uh, Genji, right? But is oh, it... oh! Yep. No? What, what are you saying, No, 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 sorry,
1: sorry, I thought Yasuke was going to say, say the score there, sorry.
0: So what are you saying, uh, Kira? Oh, 3 yeah, no. Genji. Okay, 3-0, what are you saying, Yasuke?
2: I, I think the series has a potential to go, sort of, either way, it's still very Genji favorite. I'm going to go 3-1 Genji. Okay, uh, okay. I think that Canyon can pull off just a monster carry, and I don't think it's reliable enough to do every single time, but he's, he's going to get a game of graves where he shots ch- everybody
0: i can see it uh okay yeah so moving on to the last series which is uh drx versus edg i think a lot of people would actually say this is probably on paper the most one-sided even including the rogue series like i think that drx probably like looking for win conditions for them into this matchup seems quite tricky in my opinion um especially because as i've said before like uh EDG's weak, quote unquote, weakness was meant to be Flandre, right? Who I will admit he is kind of doing a little bit of Chinese Fiora abusing, where it's like people just can't handle Chinese Fiora players, I guess. But he has looked legitimately like but he, really good. Well,
1: I'll give a, I'll give a caveat of history, right? Okay, there is a strange phenom with Flandre. He is an ex carry, like full carry top laner, as in like Flandre was the extreme. He would like drag carcasses, right? Um, he was like the person who was always in the Chinese regional qualifiers, losing in like the last game, and he was like a cad, a super carry top player, right? And in Landry's career, there is a strange phenom that where no matter how bad he is as a player, he can always play two champions, Riven and Fiora, yeah, always. Even when he's the worst handless player ever, he somehow is able to just always retain that superpower. So. It's a good time
0: to be Flander. It's a good time. And he he looks good, so let's face it, he looks good. Uh, GG, I mean, again, there were some question marks. uh, Not so good. Not so, not quite, Not uh, not quite so good, but the rest of the map looks pretty damn nice for EDG, doesn't it? Scout is always just rock solid. Viper is arguably the best player in the world and Mako is still Mako. So, uh yaska like do you see do you see angles for drx did the group stage change anything of your perception of drx because again i didn't watch the gauntlet when uh, drx uh, went got through to worlds in the gauntlet i didn't even watch it so i was leaning quite heavily on other people's opinions who had seen it obviously monty said on our ranking shows like drx is fucking terrible they're hor- horrible one of the worst teams ever blah 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 like Look at that have uh have have you like has your opinion changed at all after groups? What do you think of the RX? Can they win this? So one thing is that I'm looking at is that
2: in the pickems, like there's percentage of picks for who picked which team. This is actually the closest matchup in terms of like being uh, really even. Yeah, uh, it's a seven. Uh, it's about seventy-five twenty-five EDG favorite, whereas all of the other matchups are a lot more skewed. Um and. I, like with the so so the best way for EDG is Viper. But then it's also with deft on the other side to where like he's not going to get like super pushed in. And it's even though Viper is probably the best AD carry in the world, I, I don't think that he's so much better than deft that there's like significant leads there. It is just a serious question with the rest of the team where Like, Zekka is probably not going to do very well into Scout, and then, like, Topside in general is also very EDG-favored, where um, the best way for uh, DRX to win is also EDG's best way to win. So, like, stylistically, I would imagine it's very EDG-favored, but um, I don't think it's actually as... um, I I don't think it's actually as close of a... Uh, 100% lock for EDG to win. Like uh, DRX has shown that they've kind of been able to push above the sort of general expectations that people have. So there's always the possibility that they win, but I'd still say it's probably. Yeah, and
0: yeah, to your point, I think Kingen has looked fucking horrible. Yeah, <laughs> like, really mm-hmm. fucking bad. Uh, yeah, Akira, what what do you what do you think? How how does uh, can you can you? envisage a world where trx can be competitive by the way just for my two cents i actually think there is a pretty big gap between viper and deft i think deft is still like a good player but i feel like viper's one of the deft is like the kind of player he's like been so good over the years and he's so experienced now that if someone is like 15 percent better than him or something he can make that gap look a lot smaller than it is i think especially on a stage like this but i think viper is so good that I'm actually predicting he will somewhat expose Deft when it comes to like these extended team fights. But who knows? What what, what do you think, Hira? How does uh, DRX prevail if they can at all?
1: So they get Zekka onto melee carries like Akali and Silas. Um, here's a problem. And so Zekka has played uh, better um, in like, early landing stages than I thought he was going to this world. I thought Larson would would be a lot better. Like, the game where Larson had to execute um, a kill, not a kill condition, but a pressure condition lane on Zeka. Uh Zekka was still on Silas, and Larson didn't play it very well. He actually played the match out very, very, well, very, very poorly. I didn't think he would have played it out that poorly. Zekka didn't actually do anything, by the way, like, mind-blowing, like, innovation. Larson just made really, really poor decisions. The problem is, is... Zekka played a silence game into night, okay, uh, into tonight's Azir. And he got four kills bottom on that like game. And I was talking about this, and he only just broke re- uh, even with the four kills. Now, Scout is probably one of the best Azir players in the world. And Zeka, I don't like Zeka on Azir. So are they going to start banning Azir into Scout, because Scout will just first pick it and primary pick it into anything under any condition and not give a shit, right? And then they also ban the Silas and then you're playing Azir into Akale, or they're going to then pick the Silas into the Azir then you're melee Azir into... Do you see that um, problem? Like there's a lot of things here. Are you going to pick the Azir away and then he then just plays like the Viktor or the Ori? There's like so... Scout has as much room to move about in this draft as like Larson does for me with Yagao who's shown the same amount of priority, a very similar amount of priority for the uh, Silas just talking about the bot lane because i thought it was quite an interesting thing i actually think there's difference here in the bot lane on executing the strats is adg are better at playing around bot generally as like a team and Mako's a better player than is it i actually forget who their support is is it beryl right now i think yeah. it's beryl i always get it i'm having someone else mixed up um yeah Mako's just better and bot lane a lot a huge amount of bot lane support death like literally it's what lot of it is just what the support can do and how the the support afflu- affluences the lane. Um, there's a lot of ADC bans. There's a lot of a- a- ADC bot lanes that EDC- a- EDG can execute on. You know, they have, like, the Nami Lucian that's still showing priority. You have the Sever Yume. How many things are you going to ban in the first rotation, along with the Azir, if you want to ban it, along with this and along with that? Um, I think it's actually a really hard game for DRX, like early actually. However, if they actually keep the the game even going into the mid game, I actually think they match up really well into EDG. Zeka's team fighting at this worlds has been insanely good. Like much, much better like he was already like pretty good at like team fighting, and he has like very very good like refined mechanics. But it has been absolutely outrageous at this world championship. And I actually don't think there's a lot of difference when it comes to team fighting between Death and Viper. Like I, I like I genuinely think you would have to just go for like frame by frame and like count it out and just average out like a scoreboard between the two because they are very both of them are just very 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 like similar. Um, and in terms of that regard, I would actually bet that like. There would not be like a massive like difference in terms of like backline like threat between the two. Um, I don't know, me so personally, you know.
0: I've not. I don't feel like I've seen that from Deft as much this uh, like summer onwards. Like I don't feel go. Like if you compare some of the fights that that Viper's pulled off in like this, let's just call it like disadvantaged situations, right? Like maybe the team's down in gold or whatever. If you were to replay all those fights that he's played from the backline versus Deft, I don't feel like deft has would play those scenarios that he's played as well as he plays them and i don't feel like he's been in as many where i've been impressed about how he's played those fights i i do think there's a noticeable difference to me about how they're playing the fights i think he's still good like i would never be like oh he made a mistake here it, to me it's not even about playing cleanly or making mistakes well, to the example, the... oh, well okay so the fight against was it g2 where Viper's uh, playing the back line around River. That was G2, right? Was it G2? Fnatic? No. Well, who's against Fnatic Fnatic. Yeah, yeah, they was against Sorry. Fnatic. Yeah, like the, when, and I think this has epitomized like 2022 Chinese AD carries in general. Like I've spoken a lot in the past about Hope, for example, and like the Chinese utilization of the Lucian Nami. I feel that Viper is the epitome of the limit testing playing on the edge and understanding what the limits are of these champions and how to maximum output damage obviously that's something that def has been insane at over his career right that's like almost his brand i just feel that this year i would say there's like a tangible difference in the efficiency of damage output between Viper and Deft, and again, that's not just because I say it's a big difference. I'm not talking about five out of ten to ten. I'm talking about like eight out of ten to ten out of ten, and that's still a big difference in my book. So, again, I mean, just just right, my so opinion. Just to give an example:
1: uh, 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 Viper against Fnatic um, on when he was on the Yumi like summer yeah. one. Uh, he he like against a better team, he threw the game. Just Fnatic didn't like take the chance. He got uh, stunned by uh, Poppy. He cleanses it, like, perfectly, frame perfect. But what he's not seeing is if Orm flashes over the wall, he's dead. I mean, just because Wonder doesn't flash and doesn't flash the wall, because Flandry's literally going the opposite direction on Gragas. There's nothing that can stop it. He has no abilities, no spell shield. It's all gone. He has literally, and that's when Upset flashes forward and dies. Viper literally missteps and dies. And to me, that's not a reward, like, the other person, like, missed execution. Death isn't in those positions. Like, they're actually, very rarely.
0: Is he actually in range, though, to do that? I feel like that was touch and go as to whether... I feel like if he slightly to the left, that he's actually just not in range for that flash
1: no, anyway. No, like literally hasn't been in those situations at all this tournament. Like, I think, honest to God, like, mid-game, like, team fight, I would not be... Able... You took the nameplates off, I wouldn't be able to tell you the difference between the two of them, Rich. I genuinely would not. 100... And I've been, like, watching, like... Because they're two of my favourite players. And I do actually, across the aggregate, a Viper is playing better than Death because, like, EDG are better at enabling him and he, like, front runs, like, the game. But I genuinely, when it gets to, like, the mid, like, game, I would, would not be able to tell the difference between the two. And he, I had, think he has been playing excellent,
0: obviously, which is context. Like, he does have Mako versus Beryl, and that does matter. So he has, it like, he has an easier time of it. Um, but... Yeah, I mean, regardless. Anyway, so in, I mean, in terms of how you think this series will be, again, like what what is your prediction scoreline wise for for this one, Kira? Like EDG uh, versus, two uh, ADG, three two, EDG three one, EDG. Two? Okay, yeah, and would you lean
1: more towards three two or three one? I'd lean more more towards three two with the way they played in groups. Uh, a lot of this is all contested on draft. That's why I hate these like types of prediction. But like mm. from what I've seen in groups, I would say like three two. Um, from like both teams but like i think there's lots of flexibility for like where adg can get into positions and draft to be for it to be like three one three zero yeah i think the fairest time to get a prediction
0: is after game one draft and then but yeah uh what what about you yaska what what do you think yeah because the game one draft tells you so much about what the teams
2: like feel like if they're playing super just balls to the wall stuff you're like all right they feel like they don't have a chance um i i would also just pretty much exact uh echo here is sentiment exactly is that probably three two edg i think it's possible that drx could win but it's more of a three two um i think it can be a lot closer than it is uh it's three two or three one favorite
0: see i'm gonna go three zero edg i think drx have no chance at all um and i also think that again even though you know the Kira's very mean, aggressive, anti-Zekka agenda is in full, full flow. I think this is actually the series. One of my favourite uh, player. Uh, I'm now uh,
1: famous yeah. for, like, disliking one of my favourite players because I said he, an aspect of his game is very poor.
0: How dare you? How dare you? I, I, I dare how dare fucking dare you? Anyway, it's I, I always actually those think... Things. I think Zeka is going to get exposed in this matchup, particularly in the lane. I think I think Scout's actually going to do him What I also think is interesting by the way is how Azir has kind of become like the sort of defining mid lane pick of this this tournament. Um I know it was like always going to be in the meta or whatever, but I think it is interesting like how important that pick has become. Um obviously
1: it's a like, look yeah. at why Fnatic beat um, a much better team than SKT. Because when you concentrate a huge amount of gold on Azir, it's one of the only picks pe- that will allow you five, 6,000 gold to, like, reach out and out-damage the enemy team if you manage to get, this, like, two, three soldiers in, like, one area hitting multiple targets. It gives you just so much over-damage in, with its kit. And yeah. obviously, you've got the Shuffle to completely change types.
0: I mean it's one of those champions where it's like no matter what it could some somewhat be considered to be pickable just because of the kit like it's it's yeah insane um right so the final thing I'm going to ask you guys before we depart here is based on what you guys have seen in groups again not perfect sample sizes for judging these things but you know a lot of this is instinctive anyway who are now your favourites to win it all? And by the way, let's forget about the bracket for a minute because obviously EDG, I personally think EDG and Genji are the best two teams in the tournament now. That's my personal opinion. But they're on the same side of the bracket, right? So they're going to play each other before the finals. But with that aside, like, who do you think are the, the best teams or who do you think is the best team, Yaska? Like, who who do you think has shown the highest level of play or who would you have as the favourites for the tournament now?
2: Uh, I think that it's very possible that it, it could be could be T1, like just just with how much the meta favors them and how they have the best topliner uh, in a place where you can do that so heavily that everything is kind of clicking for them. That it's it's very possible that it's them. Um, otherwise, I would still go. Uh, I, I think that Gen.G is better than EDG, even though that that can be really close. So it's either T1 or Gen G, uh, but I'd probably be towards T1.
0: All I'm going to say to that is I really hope what we don't have is LCK versus LCK in the final because there is nothing worse than Western born Korean fanboys. That is just oh no it's like anime oh yeah it's, for sure it's so
2: bad it's so bad i can't i
0: can't uh LB, L, lpl versus lpl was fine because LPL, lpl viewers are generally chads so i can that's fine but lck is like no the beta resistance just reaching full re no i can't do it what about you kira who's the who's the best team in the tournament
1: uh like going forward it's because of the meta probably gdg they are like, doesn't matter where you go, their bot lane can execute, they carry bot lane styles, farming junglers, they have Kanabe, they have the best or second best top laner at the tournament who's shown that he's willing to play Fiora, the best pick. Their mid laners are biggest weakness, but there's a lot of free laning mids right now, I think GDG on average, but there's like a rock paper like scissors dynamic where like EDG potentially could, like EDG and Genji potentially could be like the best teams like at the tournament, but they might lose quite frequently to T1 just because top lane's so good and they have Zeus, if you know what I mean. But then, like, the teams that have got weak bottom lanes, like, might end up just randomly losing to the teams that are good at, like, playing around bottom. Lane. Um... Is there anything
0: with JDG that worries you in terms of, like, what they showed? And this sounds weird to ask because they won LPL, but, like, the frailties that they showed yeah, during early LPL game, playoffs? Yeah, like... early Early game advantages,
1: you? yeah, they're the what their their early game advantages that they're willing to give up and the holes that they put them in aren't sustainable if their team fighting gets like slightly worse, you know, like and you know relying on team fighting is one of the most like consistently inconsistent things in like League of Legends because a much worse team than you can like pop off, um, you know, Outskill. blow a certain summoner spell, summoner spells, catch three people with a stun. Um, and you can just start losing games to like teams much, much like worse than you are. You know what I mean? That's the thing. Is but this is the thing that gdg has been relying on all year. It hasn't betrayed them yet. The when I was watching them execute on it and a pl- uh, groups, they're managing to execute on it. You know, um, at their weak, their mid laners like a highlighted weakness. But your gals only like weak in the sense of like when you compare him to like the, like the elite peerage you know what I mean? Like in his like class bracket, like Yagao is like very competent, he's amazing on a lot of the picks that you can like choose right now like a lot. Of thing, I think a lot of people are going to be surprised because you've seen it from Larson is if Yagao just randomly starts playing LeBlanc um, people will get a big fright, or Zoe he's like arguably the best Zoe and LeBlanc player like in the world, like one of the best in the world like, he's very, very, very good on these packs. He's very, very good on, like, a ZR. There's, like, a lot of space. I think there's... It's just the early game advantages with uh, GDG that scare me.
0: So you, you're picking I, GDG. Yeah, go on, Jessica.
1: And
2: I, I think that, like, if there's any team that can uh, take those early leads, or if, if there's a team that's likely to take those early leads and then not, like, just get out-team-fought at, like, a 10k deficit, I would say that would probably be T1. Um, yeah. Like, that. That that is something that is very scary because like you said, uh relying on team fighting is a very like it's a very unreliable thing to do. Yeah.
0: So if that with, is that would is T one of the two teams that you mentioned then Yaska would T one be your pick to win it? Prob-
2: all? Uh, probably, yeah. Cause like I, I, I think that they're actually likely to make it in the finals. I, I think that they're favored over JDG. Um, and yeah i think they i think they are probably most likely to win it all in in my view with how things are going
0: a fourth world title for faker but what i would say is this one that would be it would
2: be so bad from a yeah. narrative angle because yeah. like faker fanboys are just like this would be they're like gonna ride that high forever you know
0: what it'd be like this would be brady's last super bowl with the patriots when they beat the rams like 13 10 or whatever and oh, it was like know, Faker's man, back. Stop. Faker's Stop back. reminding me. Stop reminding Faker's me. Faker's back. And it's like, eh, yeah. is
1: he there? No, I, the, what, I actually, don't want it to happen. An interesting thing about, like, it's actually just a like, quick caveat, because I'm an in like, talk. Faker is one of the players that I've actually seen where um he, like, suffers from his own greatness, like, more, almost, like, more than any player, like, I've seen. Where, like, people actually want to pull Faker like down like more and more and more and more and like are like hyper like critical of him because they compare him to like as like older years and like cause, as because the fanboy says like the go every other weekend and he's like the best still the best player in the world but like I actually do not think there's any aspect of Faker's game that you can see as like like bad that you like Apart from he is not part of the peerage group of, like, Showmaker, Tovey, yeah. Knight, Rookie. He's not a member of that class of players, like, anymore, right? But when you go down into, like, the, the, mosh, the, the mosh pit, the mire of other, like, mid laners, there's things Faker is so much better than someone else at. And he's maybe only, like, slightly worse at, like, other things. And it's also, like, the identity of, like, T1 as, like, a team. That, like, Faker is has become like the ultimate like facilitating like role player of like t1 where he now i no longer see the faker that like demands a game to be like played through him and he demands like certain packs and pick priority where he is like quite happy to allow and facilitate like a team level game rather than like a solo like carry game
0: yeah i Uh, mean faker though i mean to to sum it up best then the reason why as you say like yeah loads of people are critical of faker but i would balance it out by saying there are still so many deluded fanboys who are like faker is the best whatever but it's because faker is in the worst possible position for that because he is an a he is a previous a plus sorry s plus 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 player who is now an a tier player so he's good enough that people can, like... And the casters are guilty of this, by the, by the way, as well. Where he'll play a Akali or a Silas or whatever, and he'll have a pop-off game, and they'll be like, oh my god, fake out! Oh my god, he's so good! Blah, blah, blah. So he's good enough that you can delude yourself into putting him back into the S tier where he doesn't belong. But he's also not doing that every game or even anything like that every game to the point where the haters can be like, "Ah, he's a CT player now. He's just living off his reputation, right? Like, he can always go either way narrative, like, narrative-wise Wait, because he's in that. I think I get like a
1: really, you want to say something?
2: If if you look at like his uh, skill tree, unlike in like a a video game level of like how much he has in each stats, his lowest stat is possibly uh, higher than the lower stats of some of the like top four midliners. Yeah. Uh, Mm -hmm. Like he's just so reliable across the board that he doesn't have those super big high levels, but he's so reliable that, in a team with uh, some of the other, like, great players in the world, like Zeus, that he can totally be a player on a winning But he's not going to be the reason that you ever win a World Champion.
0: Yeah, every stat is either a 7 or an 8 out of 10. Like, he's just super solid. Yeah, go on, Kira.
1: There's an interesting thing where, like, because I obviously watch a lot of his, like, games. Or, like, I think it was this game. Watch... Uh, faker versus humanoid where like humanoid fakers attempted to like last under the turret now you can say this isn't like a big deal but you then the same people will then quote csd stats as like a big deal right his last hitting of the minions underneath the turret is like insane it's frightening right and then I watch like pe- players that people like think of as like great like uh, knight's a really good example and there's times I watch like knight last hitting under turret and I actually get like pure fear or like caps like caps yeah, is like a famous caps one is a great but one. I yeah, well, I actually get, like, it's horrifying, like, watching them, like, use, like, abilities in, like, the wrong order to, like, miss CS under the turret, and I'm just, like, yeah, that, like, like, like blows up, but, like, Faker, uh, Faker only went down against humanoids, like, something like 15 CS, and you know, like, that's a lot, right? But, I, I, mate, if I was night in that position, I would have been, like, saying it, it would have been, like, 20 to, like, 30 CS under those, like, turrets. And yeah. When I was watching them, like, executing it, I was like, oh, my God, it's unbelievable to this day how polished certain aspects of this guy's game is. Yeah, especially on
0: certain champions, for me as an observer, it's like, I always find that interesting, especially when, the, the w- like, watching the waves and seeing which wave it's going to, like, hit the turret on because I'm someone, like, when I play the game, I am so good in my head of CSing under turret I am so bad in reality of CSing under turret <laughs> so like when I watch pro play do it I'm like yes do this now this ability and it all makes sense and it all just like paints this perfect picture and when players get it wrong it really triggers me because I'm like what are you doing you know what to do you knew and, but I couldn't do it like I wouldn't have a fucking chance in the heat of the moment yeah, but yeah, yeah I, I love that I think that's a great barometer as well for just like pure because that's obviously like CS on ultimate hard mode right but yeah. uh anyway gets a yeah. lot it's a lot easier when there's a cannon crashing because like you get that time of like
2: six (laughs) turret shots before you actually have to last hit a minion to like prepare everything the the
0: cannon shot the cannon like approaching the tower is the meme of zach galifianakis in the hangover like i have that's like the time i'm given to calculate everything in my head and then i'll still fuck it up (laughs) Uh, but uh anyway we will leave it there guys so mr yaska has faker winning worlds again so lap that up. i I don't want to yeah um... but
2: I, i i don't want to and i i as i've said uh,
0: on other shows as well the other bad thing you've got the two prongs evils of like if t1 win or the three prongs one is just korean fan base in general two is faker fan base and then three obviously that we've only had to put up with although he'd have you believe it was for a decade only really the last two years is joe marsh winning an international tournament and until that happens we can still hold that over that cunt's head so let's here's hoping that never happens but anyway thanks for watching guys and see you next time